Hey everyone, it's Pacific. Just a reminder, we're currently on hiatus until July 14th. But in the meantime, I've been interviewing the cast and crew with your questions. If you're interested in submitting your own questions, head to scparchives.com. Again, that is scparchives, with an S, dot com. And there, you can ask me and the crew anything about voice acting, life, our favorite movies, what's getting us through quarantine, and much, much more. Our first interview this week is with the wonderful, incredible Graham Rowett. And on Saturday, we'll have a second Patreon-exclusive interview with another cast member. Also, I do want to remind you guys, we recently launched the first piece of official SCP Archives merchandise. And it's this really awesome, cool little uh, USB. It looks like a cassette tape. It doesn't actually work in cassette players. Please, don't put it in one. Uh, But it does come with the entire first season, all ad-free and uncut, uh, so you can listen to your favorite episodes on repeat. Um, It's also a USB, so you can put, like, other stuff on there and, you know, use it. Uh, It's super-duper cool, um, and if you're interested in checking it out, you can head to audiobooksontape.com slash scp. Again, that is also in our show notes in case you're interested in checking it out. But yeah, that is out and available now, and it has a bunch of cool art and other fun stuff on it, uh, and I think you guys will like it. But enough rambling, I want to let you guys get onto this interview with the wonderful Graham Rowett. Uh, so, without further ado, this week's patrons. I want to give a big shout out to Alex, Julia Blavelt, Andrew Englin, Michael B. Harrell, Kyle Pisarchik, Shagster, Aster, SPCBSD, William Aronowitz, and Adam Jackson. Also want to give a big shout out to our second ACAST supporter, Stephen C. Thank you for your kind message. I appreciate it a lot. And if you're interested in hearing your name at the beginning of the show, you can head to patreon.com slash scp underscore pod, or you can go to supporter.acast.com forward slash scp dash archives. Thanks, everyone, for your support. We appreciate it more than you know. And without further ado, this week's episode. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. All right, everyone. I am here with the wonderful and incredible Graham Rowett, and uh, we're going to ask him a bunch of questions that you have sent in. Uh, So without further ado, Graham Rowett, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everybody. Uh, My name is Graham Rowett, as he said. Um, I'm a voice actor based out of uh, New York, and I am... Probably uh, well over, uh, I'm much older than Pacific is, um, <laughs> but that's okay because podcasts and uh, they need older people. You can't just write kids in high school, um, but that's not really what you want to know about me. I, uh, I came from Canada. Uh, I was uh, started out there. I went to school. Uh, there and uh, started my professional career and then I just happened to um, get a job that brought me to the States and I've been here ever since uh, and I've, for about 20, 
25 years, maybe? No. Anyway, it's been a long time. And, uh, you know, in the last uh, four years ago, um, you know, when you live in New York, you, you move around a lot. You start in the city. Uh, we moved out to Brooklyn, New York, and then we wanted to have a house, so we moved out to New Jersey. Um, it's all sort of, you know, commuter distance to New York. Um, but when we moved to New Jersey, I finally had the room and, uh, uh, you know, space to have a, vo- a vocal booth of my own, which has always been a dream. And then I, so I got my own booth and was able to, you know, a lot of, a lot of my work as an actor has sort of been, um, controlled, uh, by, uh, you know, talent agents and, and such and, and, and controlled might be harsh. There's, there are reasons f- that the, the agents are very valuable, but, I was uh, sort of took my booth and my computer and uh, I sort of reached out to some creators who were doing cool stuff. Uh, and that's how I ended up in uh, doing doing some audio drama and finding my way to the SCP archives. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I do want to dive more into your acting career and um, mm-hmm. you know how you came to the States and got started. Uh, but first, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> Well, that's a great question. Um, it's funny. I when I started when I put my, this vocal booth in uh, to my uh, to my back, we have this garage turned into a studio. There's this. I now have this booth. I hoped that I would be able to um, put it to good use. And I uh, have been doing audiobooks for the last uh, ten years. And I thought maybe I could use this. Um, booth and I could do audiobooks from home as opposed to having to go into New York to do them in the studio there. And uh, that really took off. So the reason I say this is because I've effectively created a home business. And whenever there is spare time, I have this strange itch. And I'm sure you do too, Pacific. There's always something mm-hmm. that needs be, to be done. Yeah, uh, There's always work to be done. Um, and so spare time, I find, is kind of in short supply, but but and 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 when the, when it comes up, it's hard not to think. Oh, I I, need, I really should go right come back record to record this, yeah, or finish this project, or I have this deadline. And um, but uh, but you know there are rare occasions. Uh, so the past two nights in a row, which is a really rare occurrence, I have played some Call of Duty with friends. Um, yeah, I I love games. I'm a big uh, I follow a lot of uh, games media. Uh, I have some fun uh, games podcasts that I love to listen to. Um, and I buy a lot of games, but the problem is I never play them. So I'm a bit of a hoarder. Yeah, and I never play them. And uh, single-player games, I find uh, I'm even more unlikely to play them compared to if I get a text from a friend and say, Hey, are you free? to play and if you, and when you're playing a game with friends it feels like you're you know you're not only you know gaming but you're also socializing and so oh, yeah. that's that's Two birds more entertaining stone. yeah yeah so 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 social time is uh free time is gaming a little bit of reading uh although it's weird when you record audiobooks um it changes the amount of time you get for leisure reading a lot of times you're pre-reading uh the the next book you're you're going to do and uh that's kind of like you know reading a book for a book report. It's not really necessarily mm-hmm. fun. If you're lucky, it's a good book and it's entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> makes, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely the eternal problem of 
not enough free time to do fun things. No. Um, and, well, and the crazy thing is that we're in this, you know, pandemic right now, and there are these piles of books and video games and movies that uh, when you, you know, I don't know if you're like me, uh, but when I collected them, I, I thought, well, someday uh, I'll have, you know, that 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 crazy thing will happen that'll force me to be home uh, and I will watch these things. I'll read these things. I'll play these games. It'll happen someday. Right. And this is it. And, and you work from home almost all all the time, right? I, I said from some studio stuff. Well, it's funny. It's it's I've I've sort of lost perspective on um, uh, because of the the pandemic. Uh, so so everything. So over the past eight months to a year, uh, my audiobook stuff has ramped up to the point where it is constant, uh, which is a wonderful problem to have. Um, and um, when I came to New York, it was to do a Broadway show. And up until, you know, I, I've done I've done eight Broadway shows, and the last one was in 20... Oh my gosh, it was actually just last year. Sorry. So, um, so I still consider myself uh, a stage actor, um, and but I also feel like uh, my TV work has been picking up too. Um, so it's all it's kind of hard. But but definitely with this pandemic, I have been in this chair and in this booth almost every day for the last four months. So so right now I feel very much like a a voice actor, but. Um, but I, but I do work in other mediums. I, I had a character on a CBS show last season that I'm hoping could reoccur in season two, but of course shooting hasn't begun. So who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, so yeah, on, on that note, you know, you mentioned yeah. coming down here, uh, being a part of a Broadway show. Uh, that's huge. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. what, what, when did the acting bug first, uh, first bite you? <laughs> well, I think um, it bites everybody in, in uh, grade school. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the big turning point for me was in high school when in the, was it the, we have five years of high school in um, in Canada. Interesting. Uh, in Ontario, anyway. Yeah. So, excuse me, I was uh, part of the drama club, which met after school, and it was a small... Excuse me. It was a small, um, small thing. We only we presented plays for other classes on free periods. It was it was very modest. Um, but in the twelfth grade, we got a new a music teacher and a new English teacher who wanted to take the reins and uh, make big do big shows in the auditorium and invite the public. And so we did Little Shop of Horrors in the 12th grade and then my final year of school we did um Greece. All right. And um I think for me just sort of bumping it up to a larger scale started to make me realize like I felt a lot of pressure in high school to uh know what I wanted to do Absolutely. in college and make that decision before really early on. I, I wasn't until later when I met other people and I discovered that people would go to college and spend a couple of years figuring out what they wanted to do. And I thought, wow, that's a luxury. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
And when I was in school, I enjoyed math. I enjoyed science. Uh, and I tried to, we had co-op programs in the 12th grade where you would uh, have a placement at a local business to help you figure out if that's what you wanted to do. And I looked for uh, a science placement and I looked for, uh, well, there just, there just wasn't anything in my town that worked. And the best I did was at the local TV station. Uh, and that was more related to on camera, maybe acting a little I mean, it wasn't acting, but it was like, well, you may be helpful to know how video cameras work and how people are lit and miked. Um, mm-hmm. And the bottom line is when I was in high school, I had a clearer understanding of how the acting I was doing could translate into the real world than I could the science I was doing. Um, uh, you know, I kind of was really into forensic science, but I couldn't. My assumption is that as much as I thought that was cool, I'd probably end up testing urine samples for five years. But, but, but this acting I was doing on, in high school, uh, singing, um, you know, Summer Lovin', uh, no, ma- <laughs> no matter where you were doing it, uh, going into college or coming out of college, you, you would also sing Summer Lovin' in a, you know, in in the whatever theater production you you went into after school. So I felt like there was a be- I could understand it better. Yeah. That was, a, I dig that it. was a, all my answers will be long and verbose. That's so wonderful. Um so yeah, so you go to college, I uh, do you complete your science degree or do you end up switching? <laughs> no, I went into a so I went into a um conservatory program that was just acting the Ryerson theater school in Toronto. All right. And, uh, yeah. So I just went all in on the theater and, and acting and, uh, yeah, I, I, so I took the gamble and, and God love my parents for letting me take a gamble like that. You know, my father was a community theater actor his whole life. So, you know, it's kind of, so he, he understood. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up becoming a teacher. Um, but uh, you know, after school in his spare time, he was doing all of the the local theater guild, and he was in a band. And nice. Um, but yeah, my parents let me let me pursue it, and thankfully, I was uh, able to make a living at it um, to this very day. Yeah, and, and get, yeah. like you said, you came down to New York, mm-hmm. uh, Broadway, um, and then you mentioned earlier you got into mm-hmm. audio dramas, and and that was kind of just. Yeah reaching out to some creators and kind of taking it up on yourselves, right? Yeah, it's fascinating when you... Uh, like, I, I've always... Um, doing voice work has always been um, on my mind. It's always been something I wanted to do. When I was at Ryerson Theater School, I was very much into the... Uh, we had a... I think when we were in our final year there, we had a voiceover, commercial voiceover class, and we would have access to uh, the campus equipment, and I would go in and I made myself a demo and I got out of school in Toronto and I got an agent and uh, I they didn't have a good voice department too, so I moved to one that did um, and then I came down to New York and I discovered that uh, it's very hard to break into voice over commercial voiceover work um, and I mean maybe maybe I say it's hard but maybe it's not hard if you're you know, really good. I, I never quite know whether it's just my perception uh, that it's hard or um, it's easy for people who are who 
were very, very gifted. Yeah. But I found it hard. And it was only when I started getting work doing audiobooks that I, I felt, well, that'll scratch the itch for me. Um, and when I got uh, my own booth, uh, I thought, well, maybe I can do audiobooks at home. But hey, you know what? I really love uh, uh, voice work. And uh, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of what I first. I started to dip my toe because you, you set, I set up this booth, I set up the equipment, and you want to kick the tires on a little bit. So you, so I went out and I discovered places like castingcall.club. Yeah. Which I now just sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think I jokingly said that I, I, will, I hate search it every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or, or hate browse it. Um, but... I wanted to test out what I, my equipment. So I, I, I met a couple of people through that. Uh, I don't think I'm still working with any of them. But anybody I sort of worked with, I made sure I, I, you know, I worked my way through to the end of the project and, and wished them well. Yeah. Uh, but then I, that, that got me sort of searching to see who was creating good stuff. And I think I probably was... Twitter, like everything, Twitter can some well. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah. Twitter can be a helpful tool. Yep. And I discovered um, uh, Ellie, Ellie Fernandez, and uh, Will Williams. Yeah, Will Williams, mm-hmm. and I would sort of see when they would be commenting that, oh, this person's got a new episode out. This is really cool. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what do they do? Um, and and what's fascinating, and I, I'm I'm wondering how you feel about this, is that the wonderful thing with technology and podcasting is that anybody with a microphone and a computer can have a podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's on one hand amazingly freeing, uh, but it also leads to a huge range, the whole paradigm uh, from good to bad to in between, and. Um, yeah, it 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 took a while to sort of find those. You know, I think it was was when I listened to "Steal the Stars" that I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, that yes, um, that that set a very nice high bar for audio dramas, and and that there are people out there who are who are doing who are doing that. Oh, absolutely, um, people like yourself. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so I I know I first met you. Um, I think it was through Theater of Tomorrow, right? I think that was our first point yes. of contact. Yes. I think I, I ended up, this was one of those early day, because that's when you still had that. that. That was still when I was on campus recording at my mm-hmm. campus's like little crummy radio booth that like had terrible <laughs> insulation and not great mics. You were also part of um, Lake Clarity. Was part of you had a you had a loose network at the time. Yeah, um, I think that was when we were sound in Fate Crafters. Fate Crafters. Yes, and I think I wrote this generic email. It was right in that phase where I w- was like, "Hey guys, what 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 are you doing?" And I think you responded. Yes, because uh, I I manage your website and because you know when when you're starting audio drama. One person does like five or six jobs, and I did the website, the editing, the writing, the you know all, all the fun jobs, right? Dude, this was f- so I've got the email because I love searching my, my yes. email. Yes, 
This is February 9th, 2018. Yep. Was when I wrote. And uh, God, that feels like decades ago. <laughs> you replied 10 days later. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's also strange, too, because I imagine when you get emails, cold call emails out of the blue. Like, I don't think how often do do you ever does anybody give sort of uh, weight to an email like that? Because anyway, I mean, it's it's one of those things where they at least for me anyways, you know, they're so rare that like once when you see them, it's like, oh, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah, let, let me check this out. Um, One of uh, the guy who actually did the score for like clarity season two, uh, uh, it's teeth, Jacob. Oh, God, I'm, I think Thorne. I don't know if that's his last name, but no, huh. Belcher, Jacob Belcher. Um, okay. Awesome. Like rock star does some cool synth music and everything. Uh, I sent him one of those emails. I was like, Hey, I have a mutual friend with you. They said you make really cool music. I liked it on Bandcamp. Would you consider making a score for my audio drama podcast? And that, and that was back when you still kind of had to explain what that was. And it's like, it's like a radio right. show, but not, uh, and he said yes and <laughs> did it all for nothing but a beer. And yeah, amazing guy. So like wow. sometimes you find those really wonderful connections through just like, hey, mm-hmm. I, well, I'm interested we, in what but, you're doing. Yeah. But you and I didn't work together until the the unreleased project. Yes. We we had that project. Oh. Um, yeah, but I'm wondering how I'm wondering how we came back around for that because I feel like that's good. that okay. original email. Because what else did we I? Didn't... Yeah, we had the, the. This is a fun trek through. Oh no, my... I remember. I wrote you directly. There, you might have put something up in Audio Drama Hub or something, and I think I wrote you with something incredibly uh, arrogant, like we should work together, or we should talk, or you should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, because you had posted something, and I and I and it was for probably for like smaller roles in the piece. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, so after the unreleased project, yeah. um, we had all of which all of which audio has been recorded. All of my yeah. audio, which has been recorded, and is it, in your it in is your hard drive somewhere. Oh yeah, I I could find it on my Google Drive right now. It's, and I and in which I uh, sat in a very low, growly voice for a sustained period your, of time, which your is voice not acting for that fun. Was wonderful. Uh, you're <laughs> also probably you were our only remote actor for that show, uh, right. and also the only one that wasn't a college kid. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll do something with that. I'll, I'll make that promise to you now. You, you've shamed me <laughs> into <laughs> releasing something from that project. Um, I'm fascinated too with you, and this is not what the point of our interview is. But I'm also fascinated because sure. you've recently mentioned on social media you've made some comments about your next thing, and I'm yes. just very intrigued because that's very mysterious. And I'm like, how much of you? Good, the advertisement's working then. <laughs> how much of you? Um, you know, how much information is out there about what you're doing next? I. Uh, there's a Twitter account with the show's name um, and the profile picture that I – like the cover photo that I made for it. Uh, it has two followers, me and my wonderful partner, Sydney. And So I can just look at your account and see who you're following. Yeah, and you might find it in there. 
and I, I parked it because, you know, I, I'm meeting with uh, Jonathan um, Goldberg of House of, or sorry, Fall of the House of Sunshine uh, later to talk a bit about that project. So, you know, fun, fun little well, I, uh, I hope you, I hope you give him my best because. Oh, oh I will. Everybody, hey, that's another, uh, I, I sort of aggressively, um, yeah, I, it's, it's a little embarrassing number of people I have um, pursued and worked with and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he, he is, uh, he's one of them. I have a, I have a, I was given a song uh, for this upcoming season for the House yes. of Sunshine, was, which was one of the most ridiculous. Oh, he's, it's crazy, right? Yeah. The show is, it's bonkers. It's I'm... bonkers. It's amazing because, as you might agree, probably agree, the I, I come from the musical theater world, yeah. so I know how hard it is to write songs. And um, when I, a friend of mine was in, I guess, the last season, and I listened to his stuff, and I couldn't believe the caliber of, of the songs. And then I got a song that has, that basically... <laughs> Is a song where they they say a verse and then the second verse is doubled in tempo and then the third verse is tripled in tempo. Oh my god! And it was it was so hard that I ended up putting the accompaniment into uh, a program, slowing it down, singing along to it. Really? And then speeding it back up because it was impossible to sing at the speed that they had written it. That is crazy. Yeah. I'm very excited to hear this. Yeah. I, I got to say, yeah, yeah. So, so much of the reason that I enjoy doing audio drama and stuff like this is because of the, the, the variety and, you know, life as a professional actor is... Um, Usually, you know, you're doing one thing for an extended period of time or you're waiting for the next thing. Right. And uh, you never really get to be the, the varieties, what I have always craved. And so when you send me an SCP, which is particularly unusual, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, I don't know if I have time for this, but then I read it and I'm like, how can I not do this? This is what I... This is what I got into this for. Right. Um, and so... I sent you some weird ones. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but that's great. You know, they're all... They're all... Um, it's that sheer variety of the SC, of the SCP archives that is that is uh, is like catnip for me. And when right. Jonathan uh, uh, Goldberg... I want to make sure it's Jonathan and his partner. I think it's Matt Roy Berger. Yeah, I want to make sure. I, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm Matt. Not so certain. I think it is Matt who wrote yeah. the song. Yes. So he is the person who I particularly want to curse out. <laughs> um, and I think I did that to his face when I when I got the song. But when there are moments when you're faced with something like that and you're like, uh, uh, "How am I going to do this?" But you know, at the same time, that you're you're going to do it because someone has given you a challenge, and and it's a challenge that is at the heart of what you do. And you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And it, it definitely shows in the final product. I, uh, I have a small confession to make about, uh, the first season. Uh, they've released the soundtracks on Spotify every oh. morning when I wake up, I, there's like four or five songs that I'll just kind of like listen to on loop for a little bit, like right before I sit down to write. Wow. 
Wow. It's wonderful. Pacific um, Obadiah following... Who is he following? Harvey, Harvey Guillen, or Guyen, who I love. I don't follow him yet on Twitter. From, um, oh my gosh, you've, uh, that must mean you've watched all of uh, what we do in the shadows. Yes. Oh, God. So, yes. <laughs> that show so when is that incredible. When that started its new season, it was at the perfect time. It's when people were probably a month into self-isolation... Yep. And and that came out and you're like, "Oh, thank thank goodness." I I watched it through once with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I watched it through again with my sister and then <laughs> I just watched it through again with a third time with my roommate. And and we'd stopped about <laughs> episode 6, season 2 and uh-huh. caught our caught our roommate up and just watched the finale. I think a few days late and oh, uh, wonderful show. It it gets better every time you watch it. It is. It is. It is. Uh, I thought the uh, the one where Laszlo uh, goes on the run was Jackie amazing. Jackie Daytona. Yes. It just the fact that you're you're watching it and you're it's dawning on you that they're really pulling an episode in a in a thirty minute, which is boils down to twenty two minutes or twenty three minutes with commercials or twenty four. They're actually doing a something that that. Uh, uh, large of a of an idea. It was amazing. Oh, absolutely. Hey everyone, it's Pacific here with a quick ad break. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm still going to figure out your show. Yeah. Uh, while you're trying that, I, I have some more questions. Uh, we've talked. Yeah, please. Do. We've talked about and kind of name dropped a few shows. Um, like Theater of Tomorrow. Uh, I'm a big fan of your work in The Hotel. Um, oh, yes. You do an impeccable job. Uh, what other audio dramas have you worked on lately? Sure. Well, that's a great question. Um, I feel like um, I sort of waded out into the audio drama world, and um, I kind of was starved for artistic fulfillment so i i got involved in as many as i could and i and i don't in any way i feel like whenever i talk about um being involved in a lot of uh podcasts it makes it sound like i don't if you're involved in how can you really care about the the them if you're involved in so many uh right which is tricky uh, because i i get it um but uh, the ones I am involved with on a regular basis include the wonderful SCP archives, of course. Mm-hmm. Although it's impossible to remember the numbers. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Are you able to do that? Um, I can remember some of them. Like House of the Worm. I, I remember more of the titles. House of the Worm, yeah. in which you play, you know, yeah. not the House of the Worm, but the Worm no. Worshipper. Um, no. It's probably one of my favorites. Can't remember the number of that one. Uh, That's a great one too, because uh, I think that was probably for me the first story that you gave me where I could sink my teeth into for an extended period of time, and uh, I came away from that. And I listen. I love listening to hear 
the finished product. And I, I think that's not just my ego, but I also like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of these things we do, it's such a collaborative process. And because we're working remotely, you, mm-hmm. there's always that feeling of like, how did that end up? And that was a really exciting thing to, to hear. And, to, and, and, and also I remember you were sort of, uh, when you started out, there were a lot of small stories and you were trying to give people more for their m- money. Yeah, that I, I think that was one of one of the first like two or three uh, long stories we did um, because the show like started hitting some high numbers that I was not expecting. And like <laughs> our, our Patreon like picked up really, really quickly. And I was wow. blown away. And I, you know, I kind of had planned to start with like a simmer, like do some. You know, 10, 20 minute episodes. I, I w- didn't want to like commit too much of my time to this just in case like it flopped, you know, um, and, <laughs> and, and quickly I was like, oh, no, no, this, this is going to do just fine. Well, I was also wondering how this show, the success of SCP affected your own creative, um, your, the, your ability to create your own project. Um, that's a very interesting question. I mean, and this is one of your projects, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you're effectively adapting other people's writing, whereas you're you're a writer and creator in your own right. Did this make it difficult for you to Honestly, I work on your own stuff or I think uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier, you know, in audio drama you wear a lot of different hats of writer, creator, director. Mm-hmm. Um, I do all of our social media now, uh, all of our like uh, graphics and stuff. <laughs> and that's not something I have ever done or had training in that's something I started doing for th- this show and, and a little bit for like clarity but like uh, you learn a lot too I think not having uh, the pressure of writing has been uh, a great help for me because uh, it's allowed me to like mm-hmm. really focus on uh, some of the boring things of production which I really enjoy like <laughs> budgeting uh, script formatting <laughs> um, time constraints like you know just scheduling and logistics of the show which for a lot of our other shows like you know I was working with college kids they had different class schedules they I had to work around other people using the studio um there there were a lot of little obstacles for us to kind of dodge and work around and with this show like I'm not too focused on like writing or churning out scripts um it takes time but you know, I, I've been able to delegate that to to Jesse, our new script master, is what I've been calling him. Oh, Jesse! Yeah, uh, Jesse Hall from Tales of That Town. Uh, I, I've been working with him for also a few years. I met him at his wedding, uh, which was a phenomenal time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, podcast can be it's great. Wait, a- okay. So when I see Jesse in the uh, in the uh, Discord, okay. I, I I keep trying to pin down because I think anyway Jesse's a guy. That's what I. That's my. That's what I've. I've yes. Uh, I think I knew that. I think I knew that. Yeah, he is wonderful. Um, well, I don't know about. <laughs> that. <laughs> I think he's wonderful. He tries to put himself down a lot too, and yeah. Um, oh, all right. Well, then I'll. I won't try to. Oh, you're. Him. You you got nothing on him. Oh. Um, but you yeah, know <laughs> him and uh, Tsat or. The sky above the port was the color of television tuned to a dead yes. channel, which is one one of those weird names that pops up on our credits sometimes. Uh, he he's yeah. uh, one of the moderators for the SCP side, so you know these were. I feel like yeah, he is the guy. He is the he is the 
the lord of the lore, right? Yes. Like he it, it, he's the guy who can rattle off the numbers. Oh, absolutely. And and he's, he installed a bot in our Discord chat that's like you put two question marks and any number between like zero and five thousand, it'll tell you like this is the article and he you know, programmed wow. a lot of that stuff. Um but yeah. Well that's interesting too because you you and uh Bloody Disgusting mm-hmm. Uh, when did he come on board? Because it must be, on one hand, you're wading into a world with a lot of really passionate uh, followers, and yes, uh, how do you how do you enter that world and make sure everybody feels safe and respected? Uh, this is another one of those fun, boring things that I love. Um, uh-huh. And when I first got started with uh, with John with Creepy, uh, he would post on like the audio drama hub uh, where creators go and chat and he was like hey i want to do no uh not no sleep stories i want to do uh creepypastas what's kind of the legality behind that and i i think i'd recently like been mm-hmm. really into the public domain or something so i was like rattling off sure. like oh you could use it with this and this and this um now scp is a little more cohesive of a website um creepypasta is like a wiki and it has its own moderation team um, but because mm-hmm. of the size of SCP, it has a really big moderation team. And one of the, like, subcommittees is the legal team. Uh, so before the show started, oh, I, I shot them an email. It's like, hey, I'm doing a podcast. Um, you know, I, I was familiar with Creative Commons, which is what our show is released under, uh, as it's a Creative right. Commons share-alike. So uh, the right. stories are Creative Commons, and then our show is also Creative Commons. Um but yeah, I, I shot them an email. I was like, hey, we're making a show. Um, I got all the basics, but like, just wanted to put it out there that this is who we are. And if there's like any problems, let me know. And I didn't hear anything back. Uh, and then about a month later when the show aired, um, I get a little ping on Discord. And I've been invited to a new Discord group. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, what is this? Uh, and it's the... <laughs> It's that episode in the first season of what we do in the show yeah. where it's the Vampire Council. Yeah, exactly. And I, I join it, and it's <laughs> uh, the Internet Outreach team, and they're like, oh, hey, uh, what's up? Welcome. Here's all of the other SCP creators. You know, there's the Volgan, there's FF Jake and Jack and, you know, all, all these wonderful people. And they're like, yeah, if, if you have any questions about legal stuff, let us know. And, and somewhere through that, I had started talking to TSAT and – uh, somewhere along the lines, you know, it's like, hey, help me with my show and, like, give me a little guidance. Kind of guide me through the seas of SCP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he helps moderate our Discord chat and does a million other things for me, too. That's amazing. I, I also find that you're, you're uh, I get the sense that you are, um, you bring together, like some of those people who are fans of the lore and the stories, uh, who are also like, do you need a, do you need an extra voice? And you, you were probably, oh, you seem a little more, um, open to saying, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, which is nice. One, one of the, and makes them feel part of it. Yeah. One of the big things about SCP is that it is a collaborative fiction project. You know, anyone can, Right. make an account and make a story. They, they have rules and guidelines. Like you want to draft it, you want to run it by other people first, but you can be a part of that world easily. Um, and, and on the other hand, you know, it's it's exciting to see what some fans come up with. Um, I, I mentioned it a little bit on Blade Disgusting, but uh, we have 
one of our uh, server members is this kid who's been making this like giant Minecraft world, and he has like you know uh, this whole underground base, and you know that those are like one of those little things in quarantine. Like I've gotten to chat with a lot of these people, and like you know I he'll send like screenshots of like the new awesome cities he's built, and it's it, it's boggling all, all the creativity and are, passion wait, out there. So these are these are. Uh... SCP worlds, ideas, levels inside Minecraft? Yep. It's like an SCP. Yeah, just... Oh, wow. Big old base. And, of course, you know, there's a bunch of spin-off games and whatnot, too. But, yeah, just a bunch of wonderful stuff out there. My my son is uh, nine, and he is, um, he is uh, sort of in the throes, in the deep, deep throes of... Like, he did some Minecraft, and then he went... He went over to Roblox, and he yep. went over. He got a Switch for Christmas. Oh, nice. But he's come back around to Minecraft in a really great way, and so I'm I'm once again really aware of Minecraft yeah. and how cool it is. It, it's one of those things I also kind of come back to in waves. It when I was younger, I like loved Legos. It's just the the satis- satisfaction of just building stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah, and it's so. I'm so thrilled, too. There's so many uh, things. Like, when my son got his Switch, he was, you know, there was Smash Brothers. And, um, you you know, when when he got a Switch over Christmas and we didn't really do a lot of online stuff, but as soon as school got shut down and we were worried about these kids not being able to uh, stay in touch with each other, we immediately linked up all their accounts. And it was really cool to see them. Uh, playing together, and you'd set up a little, you know, uh, uh, video call so they could chat. But um, but at the same time, you'd be like, "Gosh, uh, I mean, this this Smash Brothers is is great, and uh, you know, the Mario Kart is great." But seeing them building things in Minecraft yeah. is, you feel like you're not a terrible parent when they're making <laughs> structures right. cooperatively. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, so that was a no. I, I but, love um, it. I'm fascinated by. Um, I, I have huge fascination with with podcasts, with monetizations of podcasts, with. Um, uh, well, let me. You, you know what? You had asked me about the podcasts that I'm involved in, um, and uh, I would. You know, I would love to uh, promote or at least give a, a, um, a, a couple of the the ones that are special to me. Um, I got involved with the Gray Rooms really early. Yes, um, and I. Uh, it was fascinating because this fellow Jason Wilson, who had the idea, he was a big fan of No Sleep, mm-hmm. and he had a dream uh, that he wrote down, and he turned it into this podcast, and it's basically a, a narrative framework around a anthology story. Um, it's a, it's a horror anthology with a narrative framework yes. that takes it through the whole season, and there's a there's a prisoner. In the gray rooms, every episode he is forced to choose between two uh, doors, and one door leads to torment, one leads to his uh, release. And uh, it, it, so I, I said, um, I, I listened to his early trailer, and it was such a really cool trailer. I'm like, look, if you need a, a voice actor, and this was one of the, again when I was just sort of throwing myself out there, and uh, and I then I realized that his he had a gift which was sound design um and i'm like look why don't i help you uh do some how about i take over some casting for you because uh you uh you're you you know that's not your forte 
Um, I that would allow me to uh, cast myself in things <laughs> yeah. that I think are fun, right? And also make sure that you know if I'm doing a two-hander uh, or a three-hand scene, and uh, that the other actors are good. That's the other thing is there are times early on when you contribute your voice to something and you listen to the finished product and you you don't know who the other actors are going to be and uh and once again that's that's maybe a little selfish but if you can have some influence on that and you're like hey i know this actor who's really good um but the gray rooms is about to reach its season two finale uh which i think is going to be uh super duper uh i would uh encourage people to check that out um other ones of course the the venerable and wonderful no sleep podcast um, which I feel very fortunate. It's 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 amazing to be involved with a podcast where you know the thing you're recording alone in your booth is going to be consumed by thousands of people. Uh, yeah, and and because there are a, a lot of podcasts out there, and everyone's um, doing their best to grow their numbers and their listeners, and that itself is a wonderful, noble struggle. But it's. Uh, to be able to, at the same time, be involved with a show that has reached its sort of apex, which, you know, it's still growing. Oh, absolutely. Wrong, yeah. Yeah, it's a real treasure. It's a real treat to know that you're going to get to, you know, when you're in the booth and you're reading a script and I'm actually in the midst of recording one right now and I, it's like blood curdling scream <laughs> and so you're in your booth and you're you're giving the blood curdling scream and and it's satisfying uh in a number of ways to create a piece of art with that kind of emotion but also to know that it's going to be heard yeah absolutely yeah um the wicked library mm-hmm. uh i'm involved with i'd like to give them a mention uh copper heart is a really great yes. science fiction one. wonderful show um Wonderful show. Um, and, yeah, let's go back around to our friends uh, at Theater of Tomorrow in the hotel. Ah, that is yes. – they're wonderful. I met, I met Travis in, in, uh, in L.A., and I, and I uh, got to um, recruit Mark Witten and Kelly Nineltowski for this past season of The Grey Rooms. Oh, wonderful. It's, it's been yeah. a minute since I've, since I've heard Mark's voice, so it'll be nice to hear him in some more oh, stuff. Man, Mark Witten. He is phenomenal. Oh. He's too good. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's too good. And I was really excited when he uh, was uh, willing to to come on board. Um, uh, also, shout out to Less is Morgue. Yes, another wonderful show. Comedy. Comedy with a sort of horror setting, but comedy. Um, and, of course, there are probably others I'm forgetting about. But those are ones people should look at and... Man, the theater of tomorrow and uh, and the hotel. The theater of tomorrow is sort of speculative fiction with with sci-fi uh, ben, uh, bent. Um, and then the hotel is their micro horror. Uh, so every episode is roughly ten minutes. It's like a tone poem. Yes. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. What wonderful sound design. Um, great writing. Yes. The, the writing has always really great. stood out to me. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I, I that was this. another early. Uh, Discovery, um, along with uh, Among the Stars and Bones. No, sorry. Um, did I promote them, though? Because that's a good one, too. But they've finished their first yes. season, Among the Stars and Bones. But sorry, um, Steal the yes, Stars yes, yes. was one of the first podcasts I heard. And I went, wow, this is amazing. This is this is the kind of stuff I want to mm-hmm. do. 
And then it was, I think it was Ellie Fernandez who mentioned, oh, there's a new Theater of Tomorrow episode. And I listened to that episode and I'm like, oh, wow, these guys are also doing something really high quality. And that's when I, I think that's when I, I don't know if I dropped an email to you directly or to Travis, but that's actually how I hooked up with them because sometimes just writing people directly. Oh, absolutely. And I, I also have a really, you know, I have a, I have a fancy resume that can kind of back up. Oh, my... <laughs> you, yes, absolutely. You do. <laughs> so I'm a little bit of a, like an, a cocky jerk when I'm like, hey there, maybe you, uh, you want to work with me. I mean, I, I think it's uh, <laughs> well worth, you know, any possible risk and you're a pleasure to work with yeah. always. Well, thank you. How did, how did you and Paul, um, it's amazing the number of creators that I know uh, but I never have to say their names out loud. Pulsating. Um, uh, pulsating. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of these people out loud, um, and I have to say their names all the time. So I, I practice because I'm atrocious at names. Uh, <laughs> before, But he swung through town and you guys met up, and I'm yeah, like, so, are they just part of the club? Oh, God, what was it? Um, the first time I think I met him was also at PodCon. That, that was the first time I really met anyone. I met... Paul Sading, um, I met his aunt, his editor John, who I'm forgetting the last name of. Uh, but they do oh PodCon, All Dog right. and Pony Studios. Uh, I met Travis, uh, who I have worked with Travis Vengroff, who I've worked with forever, and yes. uh, his lovely lovely wife uh, Caitlin Stats, who is an incredible yes. incredible writer. Um, you got to get uh, Travis back in the. Uh, you got to give us get us back in the same. The same SCP quarantine room together. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I met all of them at uh, PodCon and uh, Sarah uh, Warner. Yeah. Also incredible. And yeah. I, I think around then. She's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I. Gosh. I, I think we were. Yeah. I went to a one. Part of I went to one. The one in Boston. Uh, yeah, Pod, uh, Pod Tales. Uh, Tales. Alexander Danner. And yeah, and that was James Oliva. Also yeah. incredible. Lots of wonderful people in podcasting. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's nice to find. It was nice to meet them in the flesh because obviously Definitely. we are in our little, uh, our little closets. Right. Half the time. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing that um we don't really talk about, but all of SCP archives is remote and like you said you know a lot of it is yeah. kind of sitting in your box and talking to yourself right uh i i yeah. sit in my closet and i do the same thing um well and then you listen to the episode yeah and then you're like wow that turned out really well and then you're like did did other people like it i i, I think so right i'll i'll I, maybe i'll go out on the internet and and, yeah. and see and that that becomes its own dangerous cycle oh, God. because there's yeah. someone who hated it but um, it, it it always amazes me that uh, you know, you guys can all yeah just take the script and you know all kind of run on like the yeah. same same wavelength and yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, but who's the yeah. um, gentleman you have uh that I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to steal for the gray rooms. Uh, I usually like I say I rely on um. My Google searches, yeah. uh, my searching my Gmail, but right now I'm like, oh no, I know, I know how to do it. Uh, that way I won't be embarrassed. Here we go. Then it's our friend uh, Kareem. Ah, uh, yes, uh, Kareem Kronfi. Um When did I first work with He's him? He's very special. He is 
so very very special um yeah also an impeccable voice and incredible man yeah uh yeah god i can't remember when i first worked with him but it, it was one of those things where uh, i'd seen him floating around um i think it was a little bit before no I, it must have been after what's the frequency I, I think that was the big role where i like really got to hear his voice uh, oh. But I had him narrate something for me, and it was just in- amazing. And I yeah. don't know what he narrated, but I know it's also probably somewhere in that hard drive. <laughs> I'd be curious to know uh, if he's – yeah, hopefully he's on your, your interview list because I'm, I'm interested what his story is. Yes, he is, and uh, I'm very excited to talk to him. Um, I, I think we still have to set up a date, but yeah. Uh, but I, I do want to kind of take this back to some questions uh, to know a little bit more about you. Uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have yeah, to. And, uh, I'll take two more. Perfect. And then my wife has a doctor's yes, appointment. Yes, and I, I want to get you out of here shortly. Yeah. Um, but first, uh, you, you've talked about yeah. a lot of roles. What has been the hardest role for you, either on stage, on TV, or in voice acting? Oh my gosh! Oh, I didn't realize we were going that broad. Um, <laughs> I I'd know. say, all right. Here's here was the hardest role. It was an audio book that I had to narrate, uh, and the reason I was chosen is because they wanted a Canadian actor to record it because it was a Canadian author. I'm originally from Canada, as you know. Mm-hmm. I am now a dual citizen of the Canadian Canada and the United States. But it was called Walking Sideways Like a Crab, and it was about a young man who, when he was young, his wife. His sorry, when he was young, his mother left his husband, her husband, and moved in with another woman. Right, and that woman was from Trinidad, and that woman later uh, left his mother and had a sex change operation, yeah. uh, and was went back to Trinidad, was living as a man, and as this young man grew up, he wanted to track down this woman, now a man, who was such a big influence on him as a child, right. and I had sections where I had to do a Trinidadian accent. Oh, boy. And then other sections where I had to be a uh, a, uh, a man who was a woman uh, speaking in a Trinidadian accent. Right. And every time I had to do that, I would break out in a, in a flop sweat in the booth thinking that my career was going to be over. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a very hard role. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, and... <laughs> and my very last question for you, uh, yeah. so we can get you out of here. Uh, we're we're all on quarantine. Uh, we we talked a yes. little bit about what we do in the shadows. Yeah. What is getting you through quarantine? Books, TVs, sure. shows. I love I loved I love recommending uh, media and stuff like that. Right now, I'm reading uh, Horror Store by uh, Grady Hendrix. It's a horror comedy. Novel. It's not that long. Uh, it all takes place in a knockoff IKEA-esque store, Amazing. where terrible things are happening. I recommend it. Um, every chapter begins with a schematic of another uh, uh, piece of furniture in this store, and they're all like unpronounceable with umlauts. And uh, that sounds incredible. I'm gonna have to pick this up. Uh, yeah. In terms of TV, uh, my wife and I just finished the first season of this show called Happy Valley, which is a BBC show from 2014, and it was some of the best TV I've ever watched. Right. Uh, my son, uh, you know, my son is watching Ultimate Tag, mm-hmm. and we like Holy Moly, which is the extreme mini golf. Yep. Heck yeah. <laughs> and we're thinking of we're introducing him to Pirates of the Caribbean for the Friday night movie. Awesome. 
That all sounds wonderful. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, thank you, Graham Rowett, as always. Yes. Absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep in touch. But I'll let you go. Um, yep. Hope you have a great day. And uh, thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you for all the listeners for um, you know letting me uh, enter into the uh, the archives. This week, I interviewed Graham Rowett. My name is Pacific S. Obadiah. I'm your showrunner and sound designer. Our music is composed by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons. And our producer is Tom Owen. This is a Bloody Disgusting podcast. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com. <laughs>